I used to hate your guts, you know that, don't you? You told me often enough. Now you're about the only man in this town I can trust. Gosh, Bradbury, I didn't know you cared. It's just that you're the only guy I know walking around without a magic wand up his ass. I got vampires in West Hollywood, salamanders coming out of the fire hydrants in Santa Monica. Black rain, red rain, hail the size of your fist. Magic is the way of the future. Wouldn't want to buck the future, would you, Bradbury? If this is the future, I'll take vanilla. I could use some help. I'm an independent contractor now. You could come back. The apartment has got no beef with you. Never had. Sorry. I like being my own boss. You got any dissatisfied customers? Oh, some people like me better than other people. But who doesn't like you enough to cast runes in your direction? Having a clue. Grimaldi says you were with the skirt. Daughter of a client of mine. Client got a name? Phil, this doesn't have to be a trip to the dentist. Like I say, we got no beef with you. Fellas partner goes bad, goes on the take, that happens. You are square with us. Just because Harry Boyd... I don't need a history lesson. Someone's throwing lesser demons at you. Black magic from the pit of Asagoth, and you don't even carry a rabbit's foot. I can handle it. Well, I'm not worried about you, Phil. I'm worried about the people who might get in the way. Have it your way. I can use the overtime. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be you. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Well, Danny boy, from place to place they are calling. From Glen to Glen, went down the mountainside. That summer's gone, when all the roses are falling. Dad, you must go, bitch, you must go, but I must buy. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Danny B Movies, where I introduce a guest and or myself to a cult movie. And today, I have a super dummy. And that's not an offensive term. I'm not calling him a super dummy. But if he takes it, takes it to heart, what am I going to do? But this is what he's called himself. He's given himself this nickname. It is Super Dummy Paul, or Paul DeMac. Which would you prefer? Uh, Probably today, let's go with Super Dummy. uh, (laughs) I think let's set that out straight away. Steer into that skid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go for that, and then no one will be disappointed. Well, well, you have you have prepared. You're well prepared. You're more prepared than I am because you have watched this film three times. I have. have. Yes. Uh, yeah, three in a tiny bit because then I did fall asleep in one of the occasions. So yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But <laughs> that's more a reflection of me than the movie, though. I will say that <laughs> you've you've had a, you've had a tough you've had a tough time of it. So I understand. Um, so this is the second instalment of Wizard Month, and what a wonderful time it's been already. Um, but we are here to talk about a HBO movie. It's made for television movie. Cast a deadly spell from 1991. So I'm gonna give. Paul, the unenviable task yeah. of trying to sum up a synopsis, if you will, 
of this film? Is that something you think you'll be able to do? What makes me laugh is that I, a week ago I thought, oh, shit, he's going to say that to me. <laughs> and then I didn't prepare at all. So that well done me. <laughs> I think um, the best way to describe this film is the a George Lucas style opening crawl that this movie has. Los Angeles, 1948. Everyone uses magic. That's it. That's all you get. That's all you're having. That's all you need. That's all, and to be fair, that is all you need. Everyone uses magic. This is a film noir, crime noir, Harry Potter, wizarding world, demon, everything, I think. Kitchen sink. They throw it all in. They throw it all in. Yeah, definitely. Cthulhu. Necronomicons. Yes. Gargoyles, zombies, witches, vampires. Unicorns. <laughs> Werewolves. <laughs> Yes. Literally everything has been thrown at the screen in this film. So yeah, I think it's it's kind of like um LA Confidential meets the Evil Dead in a way. Oh, I, I like that. I was going with Columbo meets the Walking Dead, but yeah, I think yours is probably <laughs> mm. There might be a little bit more Lovecraftian sprinkles. Um yes. Yeah, I was going to say maybe in the mouth, like LA Confidential or LA Noir, if you played that video game, meets meets uh, kind of in the mouth of madness as well. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, I haven't. No, that's a John Carpenter one with Sam Neill. Uh, if you're looking for an interesting one, that is definitely fucking weird. Um, <laughs> definitely on that weird wheelhouse that he has. It's, it's in his, um, I think they call it the Apocalypse Trilogy, which is the thing, Prince of Darkness and in the mouth of madness. So that's his oh, kind okay. of... That's his kind of Lovecraftian little trilogy there. It's obviously, they're very thinly linked and, you know, more theme. it's more of a thematic trilogy. Um, but I, I, I like those films. I think Prince of Darkness is probably my least favourite, but even that has got some cool stuff in it as well because it's John Carpenter. But, um, Can't go wrong. But, yeah, so we have this. I, I, what I love about this film is I think it does world building really well. I think you get you get not only are you introduced to the noirish elements and the kind of private eye, uh, gumshoe type stuff, but also you get these kind of little sprinkles in the background of people using magic. So they're like mm. levitating a file towards them, or yeah. you know, uh, kids are blowing up tires in the street. So like they're just like little nice touches. Again, they don't necessarily add to the main plot or story, but it does it does inform that world where literally everybody is a wizard. Every yeah. fucker is a wizard. You don't have to be born a wizard. It is something everybody uses, apart from H.P. Lovecraft, who is the Indeed. main character. So it's it's Harry Philip Lovecraft. So it's not Howard Philip Lovecraft, like the author, who created all the Lovecraftian stuff and the Cthulhu mythos and all that other stuff. Um, but he is actually named after, obviously, quite... There's quite a, a few, like, knowing kind of references like the Dunwich Club is obviously a reference to some of his work as well. Um, but yeah, it's really, really cool to to see all those kind of interplay. Did you think that they the kind of blended the two together, noir elements and the Lovecraftian elements? I think they really did. I, I'm not big on my Lovecraftian knowledge. Hmm. As I say, super dummy. Prepare yourself. <laughs> this is going to be hot takes of a five-year-old. This, I think what you said there is really fitting of this film. There is so much little subtle differences and things and everything going on in the background that it kind of warrants watching a few times because they could, this film, they could have easily gone full comedy. 
Mm. But they didn't. Yeah. They just have there's little things here and there that if you pay attention to, you're going to love. They could have gone in all sorts of directions, but it's just blended so well into a mishmash of genres, which usually if you would say to someone, it's all these things together, they would go, nah, mate. <laughs> yeah. I ain't watching yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you just think, what weird bunch of things to throw together. But I actually do think um, I've I've looked up like the main kind of thematic um basically the the key themes in both noir and uh lovecraft and the lovecraftian kind of story those kind of cosmic horror stories so uh and you said so, you didn't do any research oh. very very quickly this afternoon i've done a fair a little i say a fair bit i always say i've done no research but actually well, i probably sat don't. on the toilet <laughs> You say that, you would be surprised. Um, so, like, the noir themes here, I've, I've quoted a, a website. I, I don't know what the website is, but I can always find it again. So, noir themes and moods include despair, paranoia, nihilism, an atmosphere of claustrophobic entrapment, a nightmarish sense of loneliness and alienation, a purposelessness fostered in part by feelings of estrangement from one's own past, even as one seems to be driven to a compulsive confrontation with that past. Have and you been then... reading my diary again? <laughs> it's mine. It's mine. We, we share the same diary. <laughs> we are both writing in the Necronomicon. <laughs> and, uh, and then the Lovecraftian themes are uh, Lovecraft's work emphasizes the themes of cosmic dread, forbidden and dangerous knowledge, madness, non-human influences on humanity, religion and superstition, fate and inevitability, and the risks associated with scientific discoveries. So I think, actually, they are fairly fitting. And I have noticed um, there's a few, quite a few, like I've played a video game, I think, called The Sinking City, which kind of combines a lot of that stuff, the detective work and the Lovecraftian mythos. So I do think they blend quite well like thematically mm. um but again i think it takes a special touch to to actually do that visually on on the big screen oh yeah yeah this could have easily been a mishmash of disgustingness trying to squeeze all those things in together but i think i think the setting has really pushed it in the right direction the way that the, they used the old style crime narration and all this sort of stuff. I think it gives you enough of a look into the world that you can then accept all, as you say, all the little pieces that are going on in the background and they don't just blast you in the face with something. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so well done. I have to say I'm had, if I was wearing a hats <laughs> off to them because yeah, it is really well done and it, it requires a couple of watches because the first time I watched it, Let's just say my intention was not fully engrossed. <laughs> sure, no, that's that's understandable. And like, even I think you might have noticed stuff because of your multiple watchings that I probably missed just on the one. But I have to say, I I thought it was a lot of fun. It was uh, again, neither of us had seen this film before. Um, I've discovered it through my uh, my again mountains of research that I do um, <laughs> to find something unique and different from all the other stuff I'm covering this Wizard Month. And I think this is very unique. And I think what you were saying there with they start you off with the familiar. Like they mm. they, they obviously like that opening that little opening crawl or opening sentence. Um, <laughs> let's call it that. Everybody uses it's, it's LA 1948. So that kind of sets the scene. You know what that is. You kind of get, 
it's that kind of noir time, that post-war time. It's LA, so it's you know it's a bit rough. It's like Black Dahlia and you know all this other stuff mm-hmm. going on at the time. Some lot of dodgy people knocking about. And and I think that's that to its benefit. It starts there, and it really grinds you, ground grinds you, it grinds you. Oh, this I mean, is I mean, different, isn't it? I mean, some some people are getting grinded. They're grinded up in a meat grinder. Um, well, yes. what I will say is, even though there is a lot of kind of kooky humor, like there's a gargoyle at one point that kind of shrugs and yeah. and kind of like does like a weird little dance and things. You know, there is that kind of odd stuff, and I'm not sure if that. The, the humor necessary that kind of goofier humor blends that well with the rest of it but i will say that some of the deaths in this are absolutely fucking brutal like they, there's a guy who, who dies he gets burned and then he gets like a million paper cuts and i was like fucking hell and then later on there's a there's a big uh, uh, a set piece in a kitchen where this kind of cursed rune goes into like a i think it's into like a a, a cooking pot with a chicken or yeah, something like and then stew. this yeah. you know your average stew and then all of a sudden <laughs> lovecraftian portal opens yes. and and this thing uh, comes out kills this guy again really bloody really insane really mental and you're like and I think because you've, like we were saying, like I was saying, um, it's grounded you in that familiarity with the noir aspect because we all mm. we've all seen a noir or a neo noir. We all know what that's kind of about, and even if it's if it's set back in those days, like Devil in a Blue Dress or something like that, you know this this does that, and that, and I think because you do that, and it's it's played you know straight for the most part. Then when you come to the crazier stuff and the weirder elements and the batshit insane ending, yeah. it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of um it's it's kind of not so weird because you've had all that time with these characters you've got to know them and how they tick mm. um yeah i i thought it was it was a fantastic bit i, I like you said it's a balancing act isn't it it's, yeah. i, I oh, think God, they yeah. they do it expertly with those two again you know very disparate elements but also quite similar as well thematically um and i think it really really works yeah yeah it's interesting you didn't like the the sort of the humor side of it, some of the kooky humor. I, I maybe that's just who I am. Um, but I, I think it helped take some of the edge off because it's not in your face as well. Like there's a running joke about his tie and a mm. running joke about the business cards. I love and that. It's utterly pointless. Oh, utterly oh, yeah. pointless. But it's great. It's just that little thing that kind of it takes the edge off some of the weirdness. Mm. And I think it's. I, I don't know if it's like just constantly slightly distracting you so you don't actually realize what ridiculous thing you're watching. It's just, you're like, what is this? And then it's just tapped yeah. you on the shoulder. And you're I, like, don't, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think it's just, I think some of the gags don't don't land as well. But I, I don't know if maybe that was, I quite like the 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 kind of, hu- the the dialogue, the humor in the dialogue, the humorous hmm. dialogue or the one-liners and the witty comebacks. I think I preferred those, that that form of humor. But yeah, some of the other stuff I was like, does it work? Does it not work? Um, but again, if we're talking like Evil Dead or Reanimator, those are mm. those Lovecraftian films are full of fucking goofy humor. I think, and I think you're right though, because because Lovecraftian, the idea of a Lovecraftian, you know, there's something something just beyond the veil. It's not it's not a nice god. It's not a you know benevolent god. It is pure evil that will drive you insane. Like you are just. If you just scratch the surface beyond that is pure madness, madness and gods that have are so huge and so powerful. They don't even care about you. You're you're it's a nothingness, mm. you know, uh, that's the scary thing. I think probably the goofy humor does help 
offset that a little bit as well because like a lot of Lovecraftian stuff is quite serious and quite and can be quite dour and you know depressing in some in some circles depending which one you watch. Um, and yeah, I think maybe maybe actually on second thought, the, the humor does kind of work. But I, d- I think not all of those jokes land as well as they could. I think. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. There's some of them you've like, yeah, okay. But I, there's yeah, I think there's enough that do that. I, it was I was about to say something so condescending. It was worth a try. Well done. It was worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, why thanks? Why thanks, Paul? I, I, I brought you on. You know, I took the time out. I've I've given you this film, given you access to it. You know, oh. and and you're still like you're still like yeah. I guess it was all right. Oh my! <laughs> no, it's my fine. Brain. No, no, we have to be we have to be critical <laughs> about these things. Like again, you and I have, have only just watched this, and there is a lot. There's a lot to enjoy about it. It, it, it absolutely will not be everyone's cup of tea. Oh, I, I, I guarantee, one hundred percent, not everybody's going to get into this. No. You know, uh, I imagine most kind of you know, uh, if you show you know, you said your wife didn't particularly take to this either oh but, but she I, yeah she didn't really even start watching it <laughs> so it was that was never going to happen yeah and, that, and that's fair like everyone's everyone's different everyone's got an opinion and they don't have to nobody has to love it or anything yeah you know, we both could have absolutely hated this you know we could have oh, absolutely yeah. despised it but um i i have to say so first of all let's start off with the direction martin campbell martin campbell of goldeneye casino royale Vertical Limit, No Escape, and Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, but we yeah. don't we don't talk about that one. We don't no. talk about that one. A lot don't of studio me. interference. Yeah. It's Warner Brothers. There's bound to be studio interference. That's all they ever do. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, this movie. This is a, this is a good movie. This yeah. Let let's fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great movie. Let's just just watch me fuck it up for you. <laughs> yes, I've. Oh, I haven't ruined a film for a while. Let me get my teeth into this. <laughs> let me let me ham fist a Joker cameo into your latest Batman film. Just <laughs> yes, fucking ham fist spoilers for the Batman. Uh, yeah, but Oops. again, they fucking released that other deleted scene with him in as well before the, even the the yeah. the home release was out. <sighs> Warner Brothers, what are you doing? Yeah. The best thing you've done, you know, the Batman is very good. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm really enjoying Peacemaker. I think they should do more stuff like Peacemaker. Like that's oh, definitely what I'm they should be to doing. See that. Oh, you should definitely get on. That. I'm, I'm so not... behind and everything. Me too, mate. Me too. I'm I'm not one. You know, you know me. I, I'll I'll go. Oh, I really should watch this new show. Everyone says is great. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch a film from the 1970s, which is possibly <laughs> crap. <laughs> but maybe amazing. You yeah, that as well. That as well. So, uh, um, but yeah, Martin Campbell back on back on. Yes, anyway, back. Well, uh, on topic. We're we'll, on topic. I'm, I'm, I've had my moan now. I've had my moan. DC <laughs> Comics. Um, you know, who knows what the Flash is going to turn into now? They're talking about getting rid of Ezra Miller as well. So, who knows what they want to do? Uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like every every publicist or uh, you know spin doctor every time a celebrity does something or like. Oh fuck! Why did you do that? Why did you slap Chris Rock? What's he doing? <laughs> oh, and it's just like I just and it always seems to be these big big name actors that are with these like you know DC or Marvel properties that are very big right now. <laughs> it's always like, oh, what controversial thing have they done now? Yeah, you know, it's one of them, unfortunately. But anyway, every time Martin... you get a news alert from one of these websites and it says Warner, oh, God. Yeah, here we go. Here we go again. Delays movies. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, I've, I've talked about that in uh, my BVS podcast enough. I'm not get, I'm not going on again. So Martin Campbell, Martin yes. Campbell, talented filmmaker, brilliant guy. Um, and you can actually like this is before he did any of those things. Like this is way before he did No Escape. This is way before Goldeneye. And you can see the talent there, like the production yeah. value on this TV movie. Obviously, HBO usually have a bit of money behind them. Mm. And and yeah, and it really does show. I think it's a, a wonderful, like this, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's, a, again, the world building, the reality, the, the realization of that, making all of these kind of elements work together. Um, you've got some quality actors in there, a great, oh, yeah. great score as well. Um, special effects are practical, which I like as well. Like there's nothing, not many that are kind of, you know, digital or in, in any way. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think you can see where he's going. I think you can see people are like, let's keep an eye on this guy. Maybe this, not this particular story or script, but this guy, yeah. he knows what he's doing. He's, he can certainly, he can make things happen. Yes. And boy, did he. Yeah. As you say, HBO likely would have had a bit more money than your run-of-the-mill sort of TV film. But you could easily see this having equal footing with cinema releases of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It actually, as I say, first watch, slightly phased out. It didn't occur to me to begin with that it was a HBO. Hmm. Um, And that actually came as a bit of surprise when I sort of realized, and I was like, oh, this, well, interesting. Um, Yeah, the quality, you can't, for what was available, I'm just rambling now. This is good. <laughs> For what was available to him, to get this much out of it, it's impressive. And it's no wonder he went on to do the amazing things he did. Absolutely. Like, there, there's definitely magic on screen, you know, literally <laughs> and figuratively. Oh, very good. Um, I see what you did there. See? Well, see? Not my good. first podcast, sir. No. Not my first podcast. Um, but he, there's, there's something that, Again, he's the. I think he's the glue that gets that sticks yeah. all of this together. I think without Martin Campbell on this film, I'm, I think it probably would have been a poorer film for it. The, just like we said, all these, the fact that you know, ninety five percent of this works mm. is a testament to Martin Campbell and his talent. And again, like we said, he is huge, huge success now. And people go to him and they go, "Yeah, we like your James Bond. Do you want to do another one?" <laughs> You know, that so much so they brought him back. Like it was like how many Bond directors come back? You know, it's very rare, I think, you see that. And they were like, No, 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 we want your vision, your take. Take yeah. it and just run with it. Do your origin story. Let's see. Um, you know, everyone wants to see, you know, James Bond have his bollocks beaten up. You know, oh. everyone wants to see that. Everyone wants nice. to see a big rope whapping into his bollocks. Many um, a people's fever dream. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure there's some ladies out there which will be like, yep, yeah, I want to beat his, beat his bollocks off. <laughs> Absolutely beat his bollocks off. Billy bollocks. Um, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, I mean, one for the kids, obviously. A scene for the kids. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Very, very kid, very kid friendly, James yeah. Bond. Um, McDonald's his, party. Yeah, exactly. You know, with all his um, aggressive sexuality um, in all of his films, especially the Connery ones are a bit, they're, they're a little bit dodgy to look back on now. And you're like, mm, okay, not, 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 I like the Connery films, but not that bit. Oh. Yeah, you're slightly afraid to watch them now. <laughs> Yeah, there is there is something, I and mean, there's some there's some problematic stuff in this that I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get onto in a, in a little while. Um, yes, 
but uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that some like half a free pass because obviously it's made in the '90s, but it's set in the early '40s a little bit. But yeah, still, still, we're still gonna hold it accountable yes. what it, for what it did. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think when you set something in the past, it's kind of you know I think some of the language that is used and maybe you know the finale, the thing that happens in the finale, <laughs> which is is kind of a joke, but it's also a very creepy joke. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, we'll leave yeah. we'll leave that for the end. We'll leave that for the end. But um, so so we, we've we've set the world up. So we've we've got this world. We've got a we've got a private private eye, private dick, H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. He is he had a former partner. Used to work on the police, but his partner was on the take. Who is played by uh, Clancy Brown, um, who's one of my favorite actors of all time. The best Lex Luthor of all time as well, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and basically, he is hired by David Warner. Uh, to who is again one of my favorite actors, Shakespearean, you know, classically trained actor. <laughs> Absolutely love his voice. You know, he was uh, he was uh, Rachel Ghoul in the animated series of Batman. Um, yeah, that was him, and he's done. He does a lot of voice work because of that voice, of well, course. Yeah, like, you would, like, wouldn't you? You would, you would. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's in it, and he does all these kind of cult films as well. You'll see him in things like Ice Cream Man uh, and some of the weird <laughs> shit. Um, he t- I, I, you know, he, I don't think he's one of these people that tends not to turn down a job. And I kind of respect that as a former yeah. jobbing actor myself. I'd be like, I can play that. I can play <laughs> that role. Is there money? I'm starving. Um, so, so it's it's nice to kind of see whenever he pops into something, like be it Waxwork or Tron, you know, he, whenever he pops it, it gives it like an extra bit of gravitas and a bit of a bit more oomph. Uh, there's, there's something about him, even like something like Straw Dogs, or you know, uh, I'm surprised I can remember all of his films. Um, You're doing well. I'm, I'm quite doing, impressed. <laughs> doing quite. He's got quite a long filmography. Uh, Did you write his IMDb page? No, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make some up. I'm just gonna make up some titles. <laughs> so, um, an astronaut for all seasons. He was also starred in that in 1992. Um, that's not a thing, um, but it is now. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna realize that. I'm gonna make it happen. Uh, that'll be the Mandela effect. Everyone's gonna remember that <laughs> film now. It doesn't actually exist. Uh, but yeah, so he is hired, and he's hired purely because he has no interest in magic. He's the mm. only person in this world that doesn't use magic, and he doesn't really go into it. It's implied that something has happened that is yeah. has made him not want to use magic or not be involved in the kind of uh, magical aspects of this world. He's very like he keeps it quite distant. Did you did you want like a backstory for that, or did you like that he was kind of because he kind of explains it a little bit? Um, yeah, there's a there's a few things that, that this film does in that vein where it kind of it starts to explain something to you, but then doesn't really go into details. And I think it's I think it kind of works for this because hmm. it sh- it gives them depth of character but then it doesn't bog you down in like some sort of exposition dump mm. that, you know, it isn't really necessary. Yeah. This is a prime example of sometimes you don't have to give out all the information. You can just hint at something mm. and it will draw you in. You don't need to give them like a whole backstory and tell us mm. your life story. And I think if, any, if anything, it might have undone the world for me if they told me exactly yeah. how the world ran. Like with the magic, it's kind of, I think, you know, like why aren't vampires in charge or, you know, these elder gods or, you know, mm. what are the werewolves doing for the rest of the month when they're not, you know, 
than when they're not being locked up in the in the drunk tank by police officers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I love. I love again. If it, the more they the, I think the more they would have explained, it would have ruined it. I'm glad that they keep the story. I mean, the story is it's quite large in scale, but also very small in scale. It's basically the end of the world, um, but also it's cool just. Things. It's just a small case, yeah. you know, in LA from a for a private dick, and it just happens that it goes that way. But I'm glad they keep the scale small and the kind of the the threat relatively small until up until the end. Really, um, I, I think that works to its advantage yeah. to to do that. And again, it would have been more confusing. It probably would have just been like, yeah, well, how, the more detail they gave, it could have really fucked it up for them. I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, if they tried to explain everything in this film, first of all, it would be a four-hour-long film. Yes. Um, and also, you would need your corkboard with pins and string at the ready. Because, mm. Yeah, it just would have got far too complicated. It would have just caused more questions than it would have answers. Yes, you are left with some questions in this, but they're not lingering in the sense of, I haven't come away thinking, oh, but why? Why? I've come away thinking... Oh, okay. There's no, there's no like plot holes. I would say no. there's, there's nothing where I've gone. Well, what the fuck happened there? Or why that? Why does that not connect? Or why? Well, how do I understand this? And what's going on? And you know, I, there was never a moment where I, I felt lost or you know, or confused or annoyed. Really, like because mm. I get, I can get frustrated. I think I love law. I love continuity. I'm, you know, I'm a comic book fan, so that comes part and parcel. Yeah. Um, sometimes I fucking hate continuity, <laughs> um, depending what they're fucking doing with it, or whether it's, you know, people hold up, you know, canon being so important when sometimes it really isn't. I'm just looking for a good story. If you can strip away the continuity and tell me a good story, that's fine as well. Um, I don't mind adaptations. I don't mind if they're changed in a good or a bad way. I know some people have been complaining about Ms. Marvel having slightly different powers, not being all stretchy. I, I'm, I, I like that character, yeah. but I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not particular. I don't need to see her stretchy necessarily. Just for fun, maybe. But. Yeah, sure. Maybe she has a dream and she's stretchy. What about that? Then we'll, well show, and then you yeah, can see it. There you go. She's like, <laughs> but let's. Let, I mean, realistically. <laughs> That's that's my stretch impression. I mean, it's. I'm glad that it's audio only because you know yeah, you don't that, need any more. I, do, I mean, you could have screen grabbed that just that face that I pulled then and and all the oh, arms wow. that I was doing, but that, that's for your memory. That's something for you to remember. <laughs> that is for me only, listeners. That's, you that's never it. see that exclusive. You know, yeah. it's like it's like if I you know I, I got my manhood out or something that would just well, be for was, your eyes only. I was going to say the only other people that could see that face is people in very intimate moments with Dan and definitely you know. that's the same. It's definitely the same, pa- fla- same face I pull. See, I can't even speak. I'm Good that, to know. I'm, I'm that aroused by talking about it. I, I can't even get words out. I like. Uh, 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 uh. Um, yeah, and that's the noise. That's the oh, noise. Right. The face. The noise. I've the just ar- got the whole experience now. The arousal. You've got it all. My blood's pumping. All the endorphins are going. I think it's just you being on screen. Paul is doing. Weird things to me, I think. Uh, yeah, I, think that's, I think that's what the it's case just, is. Just what, you know, just what I bring to the world. So um, <laughs> getting back on track somehow. <sighs> Good luck. Let's go back. So, uh, yes, Harry P. Lovecraft is hired to find 
the Necronomicon, which is mm. obviously from H.P. Lovecraft and is in The Evil Dead, the Book of the Dead. Uh, and it has all the secrets that David Warner, but he wants it for a very specific time. He wants it midnight in, uh, yeah. I think, 24 hours. Does he say 24 hours? I think. Uh, yeah. Pretty sure yeah, he's like saying, mid- yeah. midnight tomorrow, tomorrow, or yeah, yeah, the following day or something. Yeah. So, so he's not giving him a lot of time. No, <laughs> it's quite like even Here's for this a very detective. vague bit of information. And by the way, you don't have much time at all. But I demand this of you. And he's paying. I love it because he's he's paying him forty dollars plus expenses a yeah. day and fuel. <laughs> oh, and fuel. Sorry, yeah, and fuel. He's got that as well. Um, but I, I love that. I love that he's still like all this mad stuff is going on, but it's still very. He's still a very grounded character. Yeah. You know, it's very day by day. And then we're kind of off to the races. We meet a lot of these kind of interesting characters that, again, he knows them. He knows like uh, Harry Borden is Clancy Brown. Mm. He's his former partner. And he's trying to get the Necronomicon as well. And he sets off his little hound dog off to kill the guy who has it, gets a fake copy. And then again, everyone's after this book and it's very important. (laughs) I love as well that Harry can't pay his rent. (laughs) He can't make his rent. And his landlord's like a like a, a voodoo uh, witchcraft lady or a Haitian voodoo witchcraft yes, lady. an interesting accent. Yeah, it's colourful, I'll call it yes. that. It's, yeah. it's probably not the best accent I've heard, but it's... Uh, it's there. It's it's a thing, um, yeah. but at, at least like you know, it's it's a very varied cast. There's a lot of um, mm. diversity. A lot of things are, you know, even in the forties, everyone's got like a little dirty little secret. That's very noir as well. Everyone's got like a dirty little kind of secret mm. going on. But yeah, and he kind of meets meets up with Juliet uh, Julianne Moore. Surprisingly, in this movie, uh, you know, credited decent actress is uh slumming it in this in this movie <laughs> bit of a surprise when she pops up hello yeah. world i was like i was like oh okay like clancy brown i can get david warner especially with the filmography i listed before um but then julianne moore's like jesus yeah she's in this were, and were you bored this month or what was going on <laughs> i had a gap in my schedule yeah, um, exactly. i really wanted to lip sync to a song that was my that was yeah. my that was my goal this week yes i d- yeah <laughs> that scene was particularly interesting. It had some odd moments. That I think that was probably the oddest bit in, in a film where the <laughs> oddities are quite high. Yeah. That scene seemed the weirdest to me. I don't know if that was just me, but it seemed kind of like we need to tick a box here, so let's just mm. go for it. That was the only thing that I wasn't too sure about. Yeah, I, I think the music. I think the music is really good and really and really helps mm. again set the scene and set the time and the era. Um, but when she, yeah, when she is miming to the song, it's quite clearly that she's miming. She's yeah. almost, she's almost overdoing it. Unfortunately, she's kind that, of. Was that where he did his very very aggressive turnaround in the chair? following the name on stage yeah on stage connie stone and it's like his reaction is almost like is this your mother i don't understand Mm. this is a very overboard reaction okay yes it's julianne moore so maybe it was just reacting to that (laughs) we've all had that over over reaction to julianne moore um but yeah it's it was a bit odd i think that that particular the bits when she when she is singing is not great. I think the songs themselves are good, but I think mm. her her miming to the songs was yeah, it was a bit weird. Again, all the costume and all the the characters and the puppets and stuff didn't take me out, but that kind of did. Yeah. Um I, I don't know what it was, but yeah. 
Um, the the writer of this was actually writing a, a fairly popular TV show at the time called Private Eye, and and that was still running as until 1992, I believe it finished. So I think they probably got the right person in to to kind of get those noirish elements and ground mm. the story. And then again, just it was probably interesting for him because he got to sprinkle the Lovecraftian elements throughout and yeah. and and the lore as well. So um, so yeah, I think I think again the the noir elements are really really strong, yeah. and again just let you buy into that world and the weirder shit as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting film to say the least. The s- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the the setting that they that they create is solid. I mean, even right from the beginning, you kind of, you have the dodgy accent right at the start, but then it goes into just, you know, a normal private dick situation. And sure, the, the lady punches the detective, the police detective. And it's like, mm. what, you've never been hit by a dame before? And it's just that immediately you're there, you're set. And then, yeah, straight after that, there's a casual use of magic. And it's like, okay, done. And it, speaking of James Bond, it is kind of like a James Bond beginning because he's coming mm. off the end of one case and going straight into the other yeah. like so there, there is that kind of oh yeah i can see those kind of the linkages to uh to his future and again that he does that in golden eye and sort of does that in casino royale as well there's that yeah. kind of training and stuff he does um yeah it's, it's great I, I don't know if i can we can go too much into the mystery of it without spoiling it too much um but there is there is a guy who's a former chauffeur of David Warner's character, and he has the book, and he's trying to sell it. He's trying to offload it so him and his partner can can leave and and live a happier life. Um, the partner has the book, but nobody knows who this is or where they can find them. And later on, we find out eventually that the the partner and the re, the there's a the it's a guy's name. I think it's like Sean something um, that is given, and they can't find mm. this guy. And it turns out that he's in drag, and he was the partner of the chauffeur, and he has he now has the book. And there's yeah, this is kind of where we go into the problematic stuff. It wasn't great. No, we have to yeah. Just so prepare yourself for this scene. <laughs> prepare yourself for that for that bit when he when he finds because you you see her early on and you go okay it's a person in drag there's no yeah there's no <laughs> yeah there's no question about it it's, it's not a conv- it's not a convincing person in drag but that, again that's not the point you know it's it's a person in drag and uh, it's a gay person and they were in partnership with the chauffeur who is now dead and who gave uh, Harry Board and Clancy Brown's gangster character the fake book so everyone's looking for him they find they find him. Harry finds him eventually because Julianne Moore knows him personally or knows her. Um, yeah. However you want to. And then he goes up to the hotel room and then basically unravels what the mystery is, what's involved, what David Warner's character is trying to do. I think it's Amos Hackshaw, I want to call him. I think that's his name. It's uh, indeed. Amos. That's a list in front of me because I'm terrible with names. <laughs> I, re- I remembered. I remembered. So am I. So am I. Especially, especially if they're very hard to say. I'm the worst at those. Um, but yeah, he, there's a few of them. Yeah, there is. There's definitely. <laughs> um, so so yeah, we learned that, and unfortunately, uh, there's the, there's use of non PC language for gay people or slurs yeah. as they would be now. Yeah, and it's the, she's, he's not the, the person in drag is not treated particularly well um, by any of the villains or by the hero in this by case. Anyone really? By anybody? Yeah, it's it's yeah. obviously yeah, it's obviously misunderstood and. 
and obviously that time and era is not very uh let's say woke um mm. as a as a as a word and yeah there's a there's a bit of that where i was like mm, that's not so great that's not not so cool uh, yeah it was just it was just those moments where i was like uh, i get what they're trying to do a little bit but i think yeah i think if he was if if harry was a bit more sensitive and because he's sensitive throughout he's not a complete mm. arsehole he's a he's a nice nice enough guy he's a hard he's a hard man he's a hard case and he doesn't take any shit and he doesn't give up like his employers names like the police get involved because he's attacked and they're like what's going on why are why are people throwing runes in your direction you know we could help you out we can be a team you can come back to the force we can forget everything that happened again very vague um stuff and again i like that not, not much is explained because i think nowadays a lot of things are explained overtly. Oh, yeah. you'd, you'd have a massive expedition dump of exactly this is what happened to him and this is why he left the force and this is why this is happening. Yeah, none yeah. of that. No, Doesn't I, bother. No, and again, it, it, it's fine because the story is the story now. There is yeah. part of me d- would have liked maybe a little bit more of kind of backstory to maybe, you know, Clancy Brown's character and like why when they were part, maybe they could have shown when they were partners and they broke yeah. they broke up. But again, that might have played into why he doesn't like using magic again. Uh, the Julianne Moore stuff, I don't think I needed to see because all of that is is in the dialogue really anyway. I don't think you need to know. You just went, it was a romance, it went bad. That's all you really need to know. Yeah, about that's that. kind of all you need to know. There's not much more to yeah. it any more than that. Would just be kind of pointless. Exactly, exactly. And 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 she wants obviously the finer things in life. Uh, she cares for Harry, but he's kind of he's very straight laced. He's he plays by the rules for the most part. You know, he's an honest guy. He's um, and again, he's the he- he's a hero. He's is you know, Ooh. there's there's some noir characters which are very much not the fucking hero of the story. Like, and 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 Harry is still a prickly pear if you if you can describe him as such. But he's still relatively nice. Like uh, Amos's daughter is like the sixteen sixteen year old virgin, which is again another problematic <laughs> thing we can get into. There's- there's a whole conversation there which really shouldn't have happened. <laughs> no, but he he meets her and and she's, you know, he goes out of his way. Now, I don't think it was stated that she's 16 until the end. I don't remember them saying she's 16 he, earlier. He does. Her dad, oh, does, dad say does say it. When, yeah, in the initial meeting, he says something along the lines of, she's only 16. And then, right. and, and, then, then he, and then he creepily walks into her room when he should have left. Yeah, yeah. I probably. think yeah. Harry's response is something along the lines of, "Oh, so she's oh, I can't remember what the word he used is. Yeah. He's like she's like untainted or something. It wasn't, that, but it's <laughs> it made me feel equally icky. About yeah, it. <laughs> it's definitely it was definitely icky territory. Um, because again, like you know, she slaps him. You know, she gives as good as she gets. They're, yeah. they're flirting a little bit. She's under lock and key, so she's probably a bit like, you know, I could, I could, uh, with all those hormones going off, I'd probably be the same. But yeah, there's a little bit of that, and then we'll, we'll get into the end later, uh, which is equally just as just as icky. Um, but she she breaks she breaks out and goes to see Harry as well because she finds him interesting. Mm. Uh, and again, he kind of protects her, and they have to put in a police report. And she meets a young uh, detective there as well, uh, which again leads to the ickier stuff. <laughs> but yeah, and then and then basically Harry is kind of is tortured by the police. The police aren't that great in this either. They're not, you know, no. they're not squeaky clean because they're like, you know, I've got all this stuff going on. We've got red rain. We've got salamanders crawling out of the sewers. You know, werewolves. You name it. It's all yeah. it's all happening because all these planets are aligning, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, 
just in time for this event, this cosmic event that Amos Hackshaw wants to uh, wants to use and and, and take uh, advantage of. Um, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. That was that was a good. I like that scene because again, it was it was just implied. I hate to do this to you, Harry. Okay, interrogation, yeah. and you, yeah. you don't see any of it. It's just completely implied, and then he comes out of it a hot, sweaty mess. So one of two things has happened in there, and <laughs> it, you don't need to know anymore. Again, no. it's just like they, this they've, got the, they've got the light on him. They've got the light on him, and and again, they're showing it the interrogation of the werewolf. Yeah, and then it's like right. Well, this is the interrogation room. So here we yeah. go. And uh, the de- the detective there, who's an actor from one of my favorite films that I've already mentioned on this podcast, The Thing. He's a yes. he's one of the one of the main characters in that, and he is called Detective Bradbury, which is obviously mm-hmm. a reference to. Uh, uh, to uh, to Bradbury, the uh, the the writer as well, the science fiction writer. It's obviously uh, a little nod to to him. Um, I can't remember his first name for some reason. It's gone. It's gone. Bradbury, somebody Bradbury. He's a Custard. writer. Custard, <laughs> Captain Custard Bradbury. There you go. No, I'm sticking with that. <laughs> <laughs> very very influential writer. <laughs> yes, Which I've got to look at we... his fucking name now. <laughs> Ray, Ray Bradbury, Ray Bradbury. Oh, I was so close. Yeah, that's it. Scientific, so so it's a ray, obviously, like a ray, like a laser, like a shark with knees um, coming at you. Uh, that's my, that's a mighty boosh reference. If anybody knows, if anybody has, has ever watched that. Uh, so anyway, yes. So we carry on. We are going on this journey, on this uh, on this kind of adventure. Um, the young girl is returned back to the the Hackshaw estate, or mm. estate, and there's I don't know I, I kind of I'm trying to remember he gets yeah so so when when he's I'm trying to remember the story in the right way so uh, it is a it's a bit bouncy abouty yeah he kind of he goes from one thing one set piece to another one scene yeah. to another and he's got to find a little bit more information and and it's good that you are kind of getting the information it's not it's not a mystery you don't have to figure it out or there's the no. clues aren't there for you to figure out it's not one of those uh, it's you know it is just like this is the story this is what he's finding out and eventually it's going to lead to this and we kind of already know this sort of stuff anyway from the earlier kind of performances and the writing it's all kind of set up leading to the end but Again, the 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 uh, the the man in drag has the Necronomicon. Harry gets it, and the second it does, a gargoyle <laughs> flies in <laughs> through the window. And again, it looks great, and it's quite kind of oh, it's amazing. It's arresting, and it's it's visually interesting, and it's it's dangerous. You feel the tension. Again, the music is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and again, there's some of that weirder humor. I think he throws like a brandy glass at him or something, and the gargoyle's yeah. like, really? <laughs> <laughs> that gonna work um yep. you know kind of shrugs it off and then kind of knocks him out um but I, th- I can't remember if they get away do they get away with it the- oh they do in the most yeah. spectacular way ever How did harry they kicks him in the nuts that was it <laughs> that was it yeah i mean if wow. you're ever gonna take a guy and call down <laughs> <laughs> I, to- I totally i totally forgot you kick- just kicks him square in the nuts oh yeah. god what a brilliant way and then to- just runs for it because I, yes, like, I was like, I was like, how does it? I was just thinking, like, how does he defeat him? He's a gar- he's a giant gargoyle. He's made of stone. How does he defeat him in a hotel room? No, kicks him the in only, the nuts. Yeah, the only possible way. Kick him in the nuts. So if you're yeah. ever confronted by a gargoyle who's after a book of yours, you know exactly what to do in the future. Advice for life. Kick him in the non-visible nuts. 
just square yeah. up in there. It's. I mean, everyone's got a weak spot, I guess. So everyone's got a weak point. So that's yeah. his Achilles' heel, his Achilles' balls, his Achilles' dangly bits, Achilles' yeah. bollocks. And so, yeah, so he runs out. He has the book, <laughs> and Julianne Moore is, you know, has assisted him with this, and and then obviously Julianne Moore, surprise, surprise, is a femme fatale <gasps> because you can't you can't have a noir film without a femme fatale. No, can you? absolutely. And and again, like you know, uh, Goldeneye has one of the best ones with uh, Zinya on the top. Mm. Uh, in Goldeneye, I think she's a genius bit of a femme fatalness, or you know, Bond girl, whatever you want to call it. But she. A female villain, but uh, but yeah. So uh, whatever you want to call it, it's up to you. It's late. It's late. I don't care. I'll say what you want. Um. So, so yeah. So uh, yeah. So she betrays him, gives the book to Clancy Brown, and then Cl- Clancy Brown's character, Harry Borden's gonna go and give it to Amos Hackshaw for some money and to be immortal and rule over Earth as. Hackshaw's goal is to bring forth a Lovecraftian god. Mm. Um, and one of my favorite bits of acting is in this is that David Warner gets to read off as a, a huge monologue or a spell of him reading all the dialogue, like, you know, Yug Sagoth and Cthulhu oh, yeah. and, you know, Yifatan and whatever, all the all the kind of Lovecraftian words and stuff. That I imagine that was the bit in the uh, script reading where he said, "Yep, yeah, I'm doing this." <laughs> yeah, that's me. But he's got he's got that you know he's got that delivery and he he can you know he's doing Shakespearean monologues that's to amazing you know and it's brilliant just to hear him reel off that gorgeous gorgeous with that gorgeous voice just anything Ooh, he says gorgeous voice that gorgeous voice I love. Uh, and he and he brings forth. What did you think of the Lovecraftian God? Spoilers, obviously, but there is a Lovecraftian God that comes through. Well, bearing in mind, I watched this on YouTube, <laughs> where the uh, the lighting on this particular copy not the best. It's very dark, very blurry. So I'm not sure. You're not quite sure. Well, maybe maybe that's sure. a good thing though, because like with with Lovecraft in his writing, he would always describe describe stuff as undescribable. Like that's that's it. It's so maddening. It's so crazy. That it's undescribed. It's like the opposite of you know Tolkien, who describes everything. Lovecraft would be like, it's so mad and undescribable. The horror and the madness, you know. Yeah. So, so in a way, it's probably good. It was quite blurry for you. It's probably yeah, because I've tried watching this uh, that particular copy. It is available on YouTube. It is on both my Kindle Fire. We're not you know sponsored. No, no, of course not. Other, um, other, other tablets of other forms are available. Indeed. Uh, and on my TV. And both times, the best way I can describe it is a, a big fat tarantula. <laughs> That's yes. all I got from that big blurry mess. Uh, yeah. It, with it, an alien face with included secondary alien face. Of course, of course. Um, it's... It's kind of you're not wrong. It's, it's definitely it definitely has that kind of spider octopus, and it's kind of a bit fish like and a bit kind of squid like, which is goes yeah. in goes in with the Lovecraftian lore stuff. And it's I I, I kind of wanted a bit more of an imposing threat. So like like well, so did I, other than a big blurry black screen. Yeah, that as well. That as well. Uh, there is there isn't there is a HD copy that I initially sent Paul. 
uh, only for me to realize that it's entirely in Spanish. So yes. So, uh, but so if you want a better look at the monster, just just go to the end of that that one. Yeah, but the the other that. slightly less <laughs> low res copy with the English uh, is is the one we've watched. So, but yeah, I have ordered the 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 proper one uh, because I was like, you know what, I, I'd like to own this. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. It's it does it does exactly what I wanted it to do. It's entertaining. Uh, again, there's stuff that probably could have been cut, but uh, but there you go. Times have changed. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I quite I I kind of wanted one that was like I, I wanted like you know like Cthulhu turns up in like South Park, mm. and he's like massive. He's got the wings. He's got the you know. I wanted kind of something like that to burst out. Obviously, again, it's a TV budget, so it's kind of it's bound to be a bit kind of minimal. But it was just a bit like it was just like a fat slug that kind yeah. of. It was almost like there. a sea lion just came out of the water and just went kaplunk. Yeah, All right. <laughs> yeah. Abs- no, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just like. Just there, and yeah. I was, I was like, it's not really imposing. And they're like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, the, the gargoyle was scarier than that, or the thing that came yeah. out of the kitchen pot was scarier than that, or the werewolf, or the vampire prostitutes. Um, <laughs> this is not the first time I will mention a fantasy character prostitute in Wizard Month. Uh, just oh. bear it. Just bear in mind, it's not, it's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be, there's gonna be. There's going to be fairy prostitutes, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get into the fairy prostitutes. And and again, the fantasy fairy, we're not offending anybody. We're not being cancelled. Just just making that clear. Um, but yes, so, so yeah, it was a big squid, big disappointing squid. Um, yes. So, uh, so yes. And yeah, I, I don't know. It was kind of just, it was like a, like a big kind of protrusion comes out, this big grabber thing comes out at the yeah. end. Because the idea is that... Uh, well, they, they kill off Cla- Clancy Brown. Spoilers again. They kill off Clancy Brown's character because uh, Julianne Moore wants the power and the prestige, and that's what she's always wanted. And she didn't want to be. And she says, you know, rightfully, she says, "Oh, you just think I'm his dame and his, you know, his plaything? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over. I'm gonna be in charge." And and then Amos is gonna sacrifice his 16 year old daughter to the beast to open the gateway for all the Lovecraftian elder gods to come through. Uh, I think they call them the outsiders. I think. I think. Uh, yeah. And um, icky ickiness again. Uh, for some it, reason, it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Roof. Why does it not work? Well, young Detective Grimaldi has apparently been spending a little bit too much time with uh, a 16, young lady, sixteen-year-old, not so virgin anymore. No. Uh, and he's, and he's yeah. not so young either. <laughs> he, you no, know, he's not so young. In fact, he's married as well. Yes, uh, much to her surprise. Yes, apparently. Oh, and and again, like like um, Amos gets eaten by the creature, and <laughs> and Harry's just laughing. He's just like, "You old dog, are you? Oh, you old." They're gonna do a statue in your name. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what have I done, doctor? My wife. What have I done? What have I done? It's like you. You had sex with a year old rascal. It's like he's like she's sixty. She's sixteen. <laughs> she's sixteen. Oh, like, don't just... tell my wife I had sex with a sixteen-year-old. Don't tell anybody he had sex. No, with a no just no, no, because he no. was. He basically They're invite you to the White House. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I kind of wish she had a little bit more agency as well, like the daughter, because she's shown to yeah. be like a good hunter and stuff. So I, yeah. I thought, I thought maybe we'd see her firing those arrows again, because she does it on like horseback and stuff. And she's, you know, she's clever. She's, 
yeah, she's innocent to a point and naive to a point, but she's still still got a lot of power behind yeah. her as well. And and Julianne Moore as well. I think Julianne Moore gets more of that sort of stuff, unfortunately. Mm. But she's kind of almost a bit of a plot device towards the end. They kind of they do have a few scenes with her and a few moments, but not not loads. Uh, they make reference to her being a unicorn hunter, and the first time you see her, she's mm. on horseback with a bow and arrow, and it could be also amazing, and she could do so many great things. And then it basically just turns into her following Harry around, going, "Oh, Harry, you're so wonderful!" Yeah. And then, "Oh, Detective Grimaldi, you're so wonderful. Mm. You're very wonderful." Uh, yes, so and, wonderful. Um, yeah, so, so wonderful. wonderful. Uh, <laughs> well, if you are looking. Paul, for seeing even more ickiness, potentially. Oh, um, I love a bit of ickiness. How did you know this about me? <laughs> I did. I did. I knew this. I knew this about you. And I was like, I chose this film specifically. No, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I genuinely had no idea how icky it was. I, I just went, I've heard about this. You know, it sounds interesting. Let's go for it. Again, I had not seen it either. And that's the kind of fun of me introducing people to these weird and random films. You know, we can see what I think, what you think. Was mm. it a bad idea on my part? Who knows? Um, no. But this film has a sequel. Oh, I have heard tell that there is a Pray sequel. Tell. Uh, it, is, it is directed, again, HBO Max or HBO film. Uh, from I think it was the following year or a couple of years later, like 95 or 94. And it's directed by this time by Paul Schrader, who again is a very big kind of director in the Hollywood circles. And it stars Dennis Hopper as Grief. H- yeah, as H.P. Lovecraft. So he play he takes over from Fred Ward. Uh, and he uh, he plays uh, this, and it's set in the fifties. So that's why Dennis Hopper is a little bit older. Obviously, uh-huh. it's to kind of kind of go. Things have changed. Times have changed. I've heard it's a bit more about the like uh, communism and and that whole that whole chestnut because it's called Witch Hunt. See see uh-huh. what they did there. Yeah, you see what they did. They did? Very clever. Very clever. good. Clever. Layers writing. upon layers upon layers. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm quite interested. Again, that is available on YouTube if you want to give that Ooh, a go. I so, will. There you go. There you go. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a fun film. What, what would you, uh, what would you say? Would you recommend this to people? Would you? I would. I would recommend it to people. I would say watch it. I would also say prepare yourself because the first time I wasn't prepared and my hmm. brain was not quite sure what to make of it. Hmm. Um. So I am glad I watched it a couple of times. And yeah, definitely. I would recommend it. Many layers, many things that you can appreciate. If you're thinking, oh, I don't really like the magical stuff. Hmm. Um, I don't know why it went into an accent there. Um, That's fine because it's not really integral to it. It is at the heart of it, just a crime story with a bit of fun around the edges. Exactly. It's very like it's peppered throughout and there's enough of it, but there's not, it's not like, here's the law, here's the history, here's this, you know, it just goes, oh, I've got to do this spell. I've got to do it during an alignment, got to do it at midnight, need this, da, 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 da. Again, it is, it's very much the true and tried detective story, crime thriller, Mm. noir-esque style. And again, you've seen it before. It's classic form of storytelling in cinema it is it i i I, you know i liked it so much that i've bought it so it must be good to me uh the very least it's not again it's not perfect there is stuff it's you know Mm. it's very much an acquired taste i would say it's not it's not going to be for for everybody but again it's available on youtube if you want to give it a splash 
I got I picked up the DVD for about 12 quid on eBay as well from it's a region 2 so it's I got a Spanish title on it but it will still work in local uh, DVD players as we are region 2 um I don't think there's a blu-ray I don't think there's a there's copies over here in any fashion other than being on YouTube but hmm. uh, I think if you like if you if you're happy with the film after watching the blurry version um <laughs> maybe dip in or again like I said Watch the English version, then go and just look at the quality of that Spanish version that's also on on YouTube if you want to get a better look at some of the special effects because the physical, practical special effects are excellent. I just think the design and the the creation of them, the werewolf or the the little demon or the gargoyle, or even, you know, even if I don't particularly care for the big, you know, floppy seal monster... <laughs> You know, I I still appreciate the work that's been put in, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I did watch the trailer for Witch Hunt, and it does seem to be more of a digital special effects thing. Um, so I'm I'm kind of a bit like mm, you've lost. I think you might have lost me a little bit there if you because yeah. it's all a lot of stuff just flying around and and things. I'm like, but like I like the I like the practical stuff, like when he turns water into like. Uh, gasoline sets the yes, car on fire. That was very good. You know, this uh, I love the bit where Clancy Brown uh, is having a deal with the the lead singer of his nightclub, and he's like, "I'm going to go off. I'm going to get a record deal. Fuck you and all yeah. that." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, go and get a record deal." Touches his throat, says something, and then it takes his hand away, and then the guy can only speak backwards. Yeah, that was great. That was an, just oh yeah, little things like that. Even just like. After the scene where he's got the um, the water and it turns to gasoline and all the cards and stuff, and he just looks at the mirror and goes boo, yeah, and then the mirror shatters out towards him. Oh, gorgeous! Great. Gorgeous. It's such a small little thing, but that's what that's what this film that's what this film is. It's just a series of small little things that are just really satisfying to yeah. watch. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. The writing's good. The music's good. The acting is great. The yep. direction is great. Oh yes, it's it's solid for me. Uh, again, it's an acquired taste. I think if you like noir stuff, I think you'll get what you want. If you're a Lovecraftian fan, I think you'll get. I think you'll get what you want. It's probably not as overtly Lovecraftian as some other films yep. you can find out there, but I think there's enough there. Even if you're just a fantasy, if you like things like. Did you see uh, Bright, uh, Netflix, Bright, where it's like Will Smith's a cop and his partner's a troll and stuff like that? No. We, no? We were saving. It was one of those we were saving and apparently never got around to. Okay. It's, it's, fi- it's fine. It's Again, like that. that is very much a cop story. It's a story about two cops on the beat. Yeah. But then, you know, there's there's these fantasy elements. And again, it's still very much a cop story. Like that's the, the grounded nature of it. But it does have these flights of fancy so mm. i mean I, I didn't mind it apparently there's a sequel coming probably not anytime soon with all the oscar controversy but um yep. you know maybe one day we'll get it possibly <laughs> maybe. Uh, may, maybe not with will smith at the moment yeah I, poor 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 guy I, I don't know how i feel about that I'm question sure. mark yeah i'm still not like, sure yeah. exactly how i feel I'm, I'm not condoning it i'm not condemning it i just i think it's a very complicated issue and i'd rather not there's a lot of people that are taking very strong stances on it and i'm like mm, i don't know because we don't know what might come out or what's yeah. going on we don't know what's happening behind closed doors we don't know what their relationship is like who knows but i Someone don't Someone needs to sit on a sofa and have a chat <laughs> yeah i think so like you know we don't know where people's mental health you know even the thing i was joking about with ezra miller and stuff you know we don't know where his, his head's at you know all the stuff he's been doing or saying or um i, I have been 
paying attention to the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Oh, and it's everything that comes out about it. I'm like, this is just going to be awful. Yeah. I, I think I think both people should never have been together. I don't think they're they're a good couple. I don't think either of them are particularly good people necessarily. Again, I don't know. But from what I from what I I gather that they're not they've neither of them have been particularly nice to each other. Oh, God. Um, so uh but it's just it's just gonna be an absolute slagging match, I think that court case. It's just gonna be yeah. awkward and it, everything yeah. that everything that comes out, every witness that comes forward, it's just gonna be like more like, oh no, this is not nice. It's a nasty, nasty, nasty thing. No, having your life unraveled in front of public TV. Yeah, well, that's I guess that's that's it as well. Like with the US US court cases and stuff, they are very public, aren't they? Oh, they're, yes. a, they're a very much a, you know we don't we don't necessarily have that here. Even though we know what happens within the court case and what's said, we don't. It's not televised. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not the blow by blow of every single little detail. Yeah, Oof, yeah. yeah, that would not be uh, but my favourite. Uh, thing to occur um yeah. but yeah it's 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 nasty it's just nasty and horrible and all the details that are coming out are not great um but yes i is there anything else you would like to say about this film before we uh before we go on a very negative celebrity rant <laughs> yeah i think just watch it i think enjoy it watch it i'm apparently i'm instructing people to enjoy it now that's you what better you better to. enjoy it you, Better enjoy it. I'm going to come and find you. Um, yeah, don't go in with preconceptions. No, definitely go in with an open mind. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not. It's probably not something you would put on on a Sunday. I'd say. I'd say. No. You know, I think it, when you're in the mood for it, you know, if you're in the mood for a crime thriller, crime, crime drama, noir story. Pop, pop it on like late Thursday night or nine o'clock yeah. or something. It's an hour and a half, so it's gonna it's, it'll fly by because it's really entertaining. Mm. It's really fun. Before you know, it, it's over. Um, again, it's it's free. You don't have to pay for it necessarily. I don't know if it's available. I've not checked if it's available to purchase or to rent on YouTube or Amazon or Apple. I seem to remember you can buy it from somewhere. I'm not gonna. Okay go into full detail of saying no. where because i will remember it incorrectly sure but i'm sure i seem to remember somewhere you but can those yeah. are the, those are kind of the main places you go for that sort of stuff yeah. anyways now or, or google or android or wherever you buy your, your films and stuff from one of them top things on which people buy streaming things from well said again well i don't said, know what the sir. accent was about <laughs> <I don't laughs> it's know what's going on it's all about the accents he's all about yeah. well i'm on the coffee you're on the beer Things happen. Woo. Things occur. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been it's been really good uh, uh, talking about this with you. But I'm I'm glad that you said at least give it a go because I I agree. I think again, yeah. kind of know know sort of what you're going in for, but also going with an open mind. There's a lot of fun to be had. You know, you might not like it on the whole, but there'll be something in there you like. I oh, again, yeah. like you said, the thing with the card—he keeps giving the dance studios card out instead of his own. I love that. The tie is horrible, so people are like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I love that." Again, some of the dialogues are snappy, where it's like, "Oh, did, did you kill that tie or something?" And he was I like, had to "Oh sneak no, up I, on it. <laughs> I had to sneak up on, on it yeah. from behind." I love shit like that. I'm um, being serious, Harry. And why are you wearing that hat? <laughs> Beautiful. Like that that for me is it's crisp, brilliant dialogue. That those are the those are the jokes that really land for me. The one again, absolutely playing them absolutely straight and they absolutely yeah. land. And I think Fred Ward is quite an underrated actor, I think. Mm. Um Clancy Brown does his thing in this, you know, David Warner does his thing. 
Julianne Moore does her femme fatale thing. Everybody's great. Everyone, you know, I, I wouldn't say anything is like, you know, Oscar worthy or anything, but it's solid performance. They complete their job. They do exactly what they're required of them. And, it, and it's great. It's good fun. That's it. I think everyone does what they need to do. Like the the little henchman, whose apparently character name is Tugwell. I don't Tugwell. remember that referenced in the film, but apparently that's what it says. Uh, just a, a small little part and mm. played perfectly. Yeah, very menacing. I yeah. think that was I think that was my nickname in school as well. Tugwell. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things. I so many say. things. Um, no, that that was the nickname my mum gave me when she walked in. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, I think we have uh, we have come to the end. I don't think there's anything else we want to uh, what I want to say about it. I think I think we've said enough. I think go and give it a try. See what you think. I think it's worth at least trying, even if it's not particularly down to your taste. Um, but again, we're recording months early, so yes, all of the stuff we've said could have aged terribly. Now. Every topical thing we Everything have said is going to be like, like what? Are they, they were like, I've forgotten about, about the Will Smith. I've, the, yeah. the court case with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp is over. What are you guys on about? So yeah, yeah we are recording this in, uh, what, what are we on, April? We're in April, yes. Yes. We yeah, are. so we're recording in April, but it's going to come out in June, kind of mid-June. So, uh, so if there are any dated references, you know why. Um, <laughs> if we're different people, you know, who knows what has happened? We might change jobs, locations. We may have swapped. I may be you. You may be me. Yeah, we may. That that would be a that would be an interesting spell. Mm. That would certainly because I, I can't ride a motorbike. Save my life. No, I can't. I wouldn't be able to say any of the words that you said about this film <laughs> to save my life. This would have been a very short podcast. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. but um, but I, I have to say. Definitely check out Fantastic Universes, one of my favorite podcasts. Um, I loved being on Paul's podcast because he let me fucking go off on one, is what I would say. Uh, because I just went, it was like, yeah, I'll just ask you like a question. And he asked me one question and I talked for about 40 minutes and then yeah, asked I, another one. I seem to remember this was mid-lockdown and I don't think you'd seen anyone for a little while. That is true, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was like, there's a human here. Yes, the <laughs> must, human must take full advantage. <laughs> I can speak my mind. Uh, yeah, I did work from home at the time. I was working for John Lewis, uh, returns and refunds. Uh, I was being underpaid. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, so that I was... kind of I kind of went off on one. But it wasn't it wasn't like negative, not in a negative way. But it was it was nice because what I like about it, the podcast itself. Like you have, you absolutely. I left you a lovely review the other day as well. On your you did, podcast. thank you very much. Um, and I, I mean every word. I think there is such there's so many kind of podcasters out there which, much like myself, just fucking babble and prattle on uh, as I'm prone to do. But Paul is an absolute god of listening and to take stuff in and to respond and and just kind of breathe in that and and listen and move the conversation on in a natural way there's not like set questions he's got you know he's got a vague idea and vague, kind of vague questions but he doesn't know necessarily where the the conversation is going to go and he's very he's very good at, at manip- not manipulating but but going with the flow going with the flow of what the <laughs> conversation is and it's very kind of you and making sure that that person is heard and and again like you know my podcast is about tends to be focused on films I don't talk about I do talk about politics but it's usually in the mm. frame of a film or you know personal stuff within the frame of you know a top five or a comparison whatever 
Um, so it was really nice to actually like be really open and honest about myself and and who I was and who I've who I've been and who I am now and things I've gone through, things I felt. And it was like it was almost like a bit of a therapy sesh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it was. It was a really nice chat. It was nice to have a. It, it's uh, I keep quoting him, but um, Aussie Steve Steve Conroy mm. Retro Project. He describes his um, podcast as a giant con job because he just wants to talk to great people. And that's basically what it is. Sure. It's a great, great excuse to have conversations with lovely people such as yourself. And it was a great conversation. Yeah. Um, all, yeah. all your guests have been really open and honest as well. And I love that. And I love that you bring that out of them as well. Um, it's one of my favorite kind of podcast formats or podcasts in general. So I think there is so much more to be mined there. I think you're you're only going to excel and and continue with your growth because uh, I love it and I listen to all all the different voices and uh, and it's just great stuff. And again, all the super dummy stuff is great. Like you're coming in not knowing much uh, much about about certain characters and even even stuff I don't know about the characters. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that's that's actually. That's actually something I didn't know, so fuck me. And and I know quite a bit, you know, not in an arrogant way, but I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty well versed in Swamp Thing, or you know, but and and I I love it. So I I have to recommend both of those podcasts. Absolutely, a lot of fun, and you'll get a lot out of it, and uh, more so than you know maybe this show or some other shows. Everyone's different, and everyone has a different take and a different vibe. Um, but I really love the stuff that you're doing, Paul. So where can they find you? You and your flatter me. You're just too kind. I don't know what to say after all those wonderful words. Oh. I feel like I need to spend twenty minutes telling you how wonderful you are because that was very nice. Thank you no, very much. No, you've ta- you've ta- you've made me feel wonderful enough just for your presence of being here. Oh, please, please, too kind. People want to now listen off the back of my words, my, my review, and my opinions. They want to listen to you and your stuff. So, where can people find it? You can tell me, you can tell how rubbish I am at uh, self-plugging. Um, yeah, so Era of Geek is the uh, is the wonderful podcast, if I do say so myself, that Dan is talking about. Uh, new episodes on a uh, feed of its own now. So if you do a search for Era of Geek, we have our own little feed, some wonderful Ooh. people. Where are we with June? Um, I'm not even, I haven't planned that far ahead. No. So I don't know who you're going to listen to. Well, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, let's. What about some of the episodes that are out right now, for example? Well, just as of speaking, um, yes, I'll give you an exclusive. So coming up, um, or in the past, if you're listening, because you know, time, time travel, time uh, travel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's Ben from Star Wars Timeline. He's a wonderful person. Oh yes, moved, absolutely. Yeah, he uh, he moved to New York at young age from Russia. We talk a lot about Soviet era cinema and what it's like growing up in the former Soviet republics and wow. the way that geek culture really came, came over there and the way that they found it. Apparently there were rumors when Star Wars came over to Russia that there was actually like 20 something episodes and they were only allowed to see three. There you go. Um, wow. And then coming up is Tim Lapatino. He is an author. He wrote, um, he wrote a book about Pac-Man. He's written a book uh, the art of Atari. He looks at the history of Atari, the people and the literal art of Atari behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, lots of wonderful people. BZ the Voice, um, who many of you, if you listen to Comics in Motion, would no doubt know about. Um, we're always shouting about his stuff. He's a great voice actor, actor, um, filmmaker. Yes, Kevin Conran. 
I even I always get the names confused. Kevin Conran and Kevin Conroy for obvious reasons. But Kevin Conran is the co-creator of Sky Captain and the uh, World of Tomorrow. Ah. Um, the art director behind that. And I had a wonderful chat with him as well. So that is available. Yeah. Loads of amazing people from all different walks of life. It's great. Absolutely. Have you got another Super Dummy episode coming up? Yeah, Super Dummy is sort of on a slight break. We're coming up Hiatus. with... Yes, because it's... A, it, poor old Steve, who is our nerd Yoda. Mm-hmm. Every episode basically involves three weeks of research for him. Right. Um, and Fair then enough. we record for about two or three hours. So we're tweaking it slightly to reduce the load. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but as of this coming out, we may be coming back to life. So if that is the case, head over to Comics in Motion for mm. that one. Superheroes for Dummies runs on Comics in Motion. Era of Geek, now on its own thing. So go to both those places mm. and hopefully you will find me somewhere. I will leave all the links in the show notes, as I always do. Um, so, yeah, check Paul out in all of those places, all of that goodness. We love Comics in Motion and uh, the Star Wars timeline as well. Um, Indeed. I met him on uh, on our Book of Boba Fett podcast on Comics in Motion with Mike of Genuine Chit Chat. All these great creators, all this great content coming at you from all different directions. Um, check all of those guys out because they're all fantastic and do some unique and interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. um, yes, so uh, that's it. That's it, really. Um, unless there's anything else you wanted to say at all. Or- Just thank you for having me on. This is the first time I've really done a movie podcast. I was very um, nervous, filled with anxiety, throwing into buckets, but um, not literally. I wasn't throwing. No, it. Um, no, no. It's been very, very fun. So thank you so much for wasting your time on some <laughs> super dummy. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I could have you. You're not a. You're not a super dummy. You are an amazing, amazing person. So I'm glad you oh, can find the one. time. <laughs> true, true. I am amazing. Uh, <laughs> um thank you for watching it three times uh you didn't have to do that but i do i do appreciate that and that you've you've done the effort you've done the research um yeah maybe we'll both maybe i'll go off and watch witch hunt now and see what that's like and maybe that'll be definitely gonna watch that maybe that'll be worse or better i love dennis hopper but i I like paul schrader so Mm. i don't know but is it going to be a good sequel is it pseudo sequel Uh, oh the communism bit makes me worry mm, we could we could see some interesting things um dennis, dennis hopper is as much as i like him he can be problematic as well um mm. but there, there you go but uh yeah so uh i'll do my social media then um if uh, if you don't mind oh, uh, i suppose i will let you you'll, you'll let me you'll allow this yeah. i'll yeah. allow it i'll, I'll allow, allow it on this one occasion again the accent i don't know what's going I, on. I love i love that you're throwing all these accents at me yeah, it's usually like we just did i just did feminine film with Rio, and i was doing all the southern american accents and irish accents <laughs> in my sex scene podcast i was doing a lot of singing for some reason i don't know why but there was a lot of singing in that one oh, i feel like i've missed out now you didn't sing at me once no i did not i did not well you have to go back and listen to that podcast now so. uh, there you go <laughs> hear all the sing all the sing song sexy sing song that I did in that particular podcast. Um, and yeah, if you're into weird sex scenes, that's the podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, you can find me at Secret Balls on Facebook. It's at Dan underscore Balls on Twitter. Instagram, it's at Spider Dan Secret Balls. Review, like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. And don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle when you interact with us. If you want to join the Pratalian and to be briefed in full on the Secret Balls, swing over to Prattle World at the on the World Wide Web at www. SpiderDanAndTheSecretBalls.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon. I'm Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Burns, Scott Hodgson, Simon Cottom, Mike Burton, and Angry Andy Reviews. For their continuing donations, it is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. And if you're ever in a position to help out the podcast and to donate, please consider it. Thanks again, Paul. You have been a magical, wonderful, wizarding guest on Wizard Month. Oh, I see what you did there. You're just so beautiful. (laughs) So are you. So uh, Paul has cast his spell on you. Whether it was deadly or not, we'll let you decide. But uh, I hope you guys are enjoying Wizard Month. Uh, We've got two more to go, and uh, they're going to be interesting. You're going to see. They're going to be something a bit different. So uh, thank you again, Paul. Thank uh, you so much. I'm going to wizardly wave goodbye to you. Goodbye. Bye.